Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. I love broadcasting from the world-famous WABC Radio because, well, it's an icon. It's where so many different careers in talk radio were started, and I really do count it a privilege and a pleasure to be here amongst so many of the greatest broadcasters ever, especially in the talk radio genre. Number one. Number two... You can find me on Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R dot com or the app Parler at Rich Valdez with an S. Check it out because Parler is pretty cool. There's a lot of engagement, especially if you're conservative and you're worried about getting stifled out by the tech tyrants in the big tech world. Don't worry about it because there's lots of engagement. Free speech is alive and well at Parler. So check them out. I want to get into a little bit of uh, the tech world, and it's not necessarily something that I consider to be my forte, but it is something that we can expect to be tampered with, with current threats indicating such. Check this out. Congress is planning on targeting big tech for circulating Chinese propaganda. Congress is targeting social media companies because a new investigation finds that Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube may be permitting communist misinformation. And this is according to the Washington Free Beacon. Investigators in the House Foreign Affairs Committee have been pressing Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube to deplatform Chinese Communist Party officials and their news outlets for disseminating communist propaganda, particularly related to the coronavirus. But each of the sites has failed to take any adequate action against them. In most cases, the Chinese Communist Party propaganda circulates freely on these sites without any labels identifying them as disseminators of questionable information. Now, I find that interesting because when President Trump said something about mail-in voting potentially leading to voter fraud, whoa, that was a big deal, right? Everybody was up in arms and they put a label on President Trump on Twitter. This is that double standard that is unfair, but we have to deal with. And it exists everywhere, not just in big tech, it's all over. And that's the blind spot that we have to focus on. Republican Congressman Michael McCall from Texas is kind of taking uh, the uh, lead on this to crack down on China's efforts against the U.S. on these social media platforms. And this last investigation he led up found that there were several quote-unquote report cards grading these companies and that they should, in fact, have warning labels on their content. They should be fact-checked because their claims are not accurate. Each of these websites failed these tests. Twitter received a D minus, Facebook received a C plus, and YouTube got a C minus. And here's a quote from McCall. The Chinese Communist Party has weaponized American social media platforms to push their disinformation and promote their propaganda. The solution is simple. De-platform the Chinese Communist Party officials 
and their propagandists who are consistently spreading lies. Well said, Congressman. I think you're right because it's not the first time we've heard of this. I think it was episode 75, if I'm not mistaken, of This Is America. We had Gordon Chang on. Gordon Chang is one of the world's uh, foremost experts on calling out communist China. And he laid out an extremely brilliant case on why we have to become extremely aggressive against China because their aggression is kind of passive aggressive. We don't really see it coming and we need to put our foot down. So kudos to Trump and, you know, the Trump team and those Republicans in Congress that are actually doing something about it because eventually this is going to come home to roost. They will have laid the groundwork for something bigger. Now I'm checking out an article here in the Washington Examiner. Check this out. Headline, China develops weapon to fry U.S. electric grid, eyeing high-tech Pearl Harbor kind of attack. Maybe that's a sensational headline. Maybe it's not. But if that's true, that they're looking to paralyze us in a kamikaze attack, damn, we need to really step up our game. We need to know what's going on. We need to really watch out for this because otherwise we're sitting ducks. And we've seen this all year. All of these guys that were getting money from the Wuhan Institute of Virology or Wuhan Technical University that were scientists working with Harvard, the chair of the Harvard Science Department, or excuse me, Chemistry Department, we've seen quite a lot of this activity going on throughout the year. We're in a modern day kind of warfare right now. It's not like it used to be. They're not going to storm the beaches of California and New York with their troops, at least not yet. They are going to try and take us out from within in a very subtle way. Sadly, if we don't step our game up, it's going to work. Now back to the Washington Examiner. With the help of stolen U.S. technology, China's developed at least three types of high-tech weapons to attack the electric grid and key technologies in a surprise, quote, Pearl Harbor, end quote, attack that could send America into a deadly blackout, according to this new analysis. Now the new report comes from the Independent EMP Task Force on National and Homeland Security. And that, you know, is Dr. Peter Pry. He's been on the Great Ones program a bunch of times, and the guy knows what he's talking about. Dr. Pry suggests that, quote, total information warfare, including hacking raids on computers, are to be expected if this attack goes down. He also talks about a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse weapon, or HEMP, a more sophisticated EMP, that can be launched from a satellite, a ship, or from on land somewhere further away. China's military doctrine, including numerous examples presented here of using HEMPs to attack and win on the battlefield, defeat the United States aircraft carriers, and achieve their objectives against the U.S. in a surprise Pearl Harbor, is largely replete with technical and operational planning consistent with a nuclear first strike. And that's a quote from Dr. Peter Pry. And that's in his new report, so you should go check it out. Bottom line here is we can't be sitting ducks when it comes to China. We can't just sit here and say, oh, China, no, no, right now we're going to work. We have to hit them a little bit more than financially because it looks like they're trying to hit us. I'm not saying a preemptive strike. I'm saying a preemptive show of force and lots of preparation and planning, lots of restoration of our grids, because if we don't focus on this stuff, who is? Now, of course, when we talk about China, the larger picture, the bigger deal here is this is how the communists roll. It's all about divide and conquer. They want to break us apart from the inside. They want to have subtle, you know, uh, sneak attacks that they can deny publicly, but benefit from privately. This is how they roll. Make no mistake. And I think we talked about it on This Is America, episode 132, that the Marxists, those 
that buy into the Communist Manifesto, they believe in using racism to destroy America. The one article that I read from that day referred to African Americans as the national minority, and that's not my terminology. That's what the Marxists were calling blacks inside of unions, saying that they would give them these union positions and accolades and celebrate them and create, again, their words, paternal relationships. This is sick stuff. We have to be aware of what's going on. We have to know how the enemy is thinking. We have to know how China is going to get at us if we're going to be able to prevent a strike from an enemy the size of China. This isn't a joke. Prize Report also talks about hypersonic weapons, including missiles that can send a warhead five times the speed of sound to a given target. And the third is an EMP satellite armed with nuclear weapons. These things can float in the sky for years. The U.S. should be very concerned about a scenario where China uses nuclear space weapons, perhaps ICBMs with specialized warheads to quickly sweep the skies of the U.S. satellites and even the risk of losing some satellites, which could then be replaced with a surge of satellites launched by China to capture the high frontier and cripple the U.S. in space and their military capacity. That's Dr. Peter Pry. I think he's spot on. I don't think he's a doomsday type of uh, Looney Tune. I think he's on point. Even if it never happens, we need to be prepared as if it's going to happen. China and their friends like Iran and Russia would benefit greatly from taking out the United States, most specifically China. So kudos to President Trump for creating the Space Force and putting dollars where they need to be to be on that forefront because clearly the arms race and the space wars haven't ended. And I want to talk to you about this whole cancel culture thing a little bit more and the latest with the removal of Aunt Jemima pancake mix and pancake syrup, which I think is a little bit on the crazy side, but it's more virtue signaling from the left. But before I do, I want to talk to you a little bit about Just Facts. JustFacts.com is a policy partner of ours where we get lots of different research they do and they always provide primary source data. Now, JustFacts.com to me is one of my favorites because they always put out timely research and again, it's so vigorously fact-checked and they use the primary source data. So they're not spinning it, they're just literally collecting the data and presenting it to you, point blank. Check them out, justfacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, justfacts.com. And if you go to justfacts.com forward slash rich, you could sign up for all of their email updates absolutely free. Again, make sure you check out our website, richvaldez.com, and you check us out on social media at richvaldez with an S. As soon as we get back, we're going to get into what the heck is going on with Aunt Jemima cancel culture and the continued push for a renewed racism in America. I'm Rich Valdez. Keep it locked right there. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all social media. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know. But I think this whole thing with Aunt Jemima is blown way out of proportion. I was on Facebook earlier and I was talking to somebody I went to high school with and he was, you know, taking exception to the fact that I thought it was silly to get rid of Aunt Jemima and he went into this whole diatribe, which we've heard all over the news about how it was, it was from minstrel days of slavery. It has its roots in something that's terrible. I mean, you've heard all these stories, but I'm thinking a little more practically, like my kids have grown up seeing a black woman named Aunt Jemima 
on the cover of a syrup bottle. And honestly, their thinking is that she owned the company, that she invented this syrup. And, you know, that in their minds was women's empowerment and minority women empowerment, a black or brown woman that owned a pancake company. They had no idea about these racist slave roots. Now, I'm not saying that it's appropriate for the Germans or whoever was that created Aunt Jemima. But my point is that my kids don't pour this on their syrup, nor do I, nor does anybody I know saying that, oh, look at this lady. She's a mistral. I'm doing this because she was a court jester for slave owners. No. That's just not the case. That's not right. Por favor, that would be crazy to think that. So why on earth would we think that? Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Because the left is telling us to think that. They're on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Facebook, on every news outlet telling you that this is horrible. First, it's okay to burn down buildings in the name of a movement to support black people, which killed a bunch more black people in that same name. And now... We're getting rid of brands, at least if they're perceived to be black brands. I understand the target is on Uncle Ben's next, the rice company. I've got to tell you, while they may have some sort of argument in the fact that this may or may not have been the case when these brands started, I don't really see this in any way as this perpetuating some sort of racism. I can't put the two and two together. I don't care what they intended for bad a gazillion years ago, all I know is that it works for good today. It's good syrup. It's good pancakes. What is the deal? Why not turn around and say, you know what? We want you to donate 10% of your annual earnings to historically black colleges and universities. That would have been nice. But instead now, they're either going to replace the face, call it something else, or just entirely do away with a brand. People will lose jobs. Money will be lost. For what? So somebody somewhere can say we took down a pseudo black brand. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm trying to be open minded here. I really, really am. But I just don't see it. And again, I get it. They make the claim that the character of Aunt Jemima was born out of minstrelsy, where white Americans put blackface on to stereotypically depict blacks in entertainment to amuse themselves. At least that's how they present that story. And there's truth to that. And I understand that people for, for centuries and ages and ages upon ages have called for the end of this and the end of that. I really do. But I think to myself, just like the statues they've been tearing down, these things are a part of our history, a history that included slavery. Are we to pretend it never happened? We know that it's not happening today. So why are we trying to erase every last aspect of this? And I understand I'm preaching to the choir. I don't want to bore anybody with this stuff. I just really, I, I present these questions out loud because some of this audience is Gen Z and some of it is Gen X and some of you guys are boomers. So I try to put things in a perspective where everybody can understand. And this is one where I'm at a loss. So if you can help 
me understand this a little bit better, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez. But I'm taking a look at this article in the New York Post and it says the Aunt Jemima breakfast brand is being scrapped amid a nationwide campaign that's canceled everything from TV cop shows to high school names for the sake of racial sensitivity. The 130-year-old maple syrup mascot received fierce backlash following nationwide Black Lives Matter protests over the killings of George Floyd and several other black Americans. And here's a quote coming from Pepsi, who owns the brand. We recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype, said Kristen Kropfel, vice president and chief marketing officer at Quaker Foods North America which is a subsidiary of PepsiCo, saying that retiring Aunt Jemima syrup packaging was part of an effort by the company to make progress towards racial equality. Well, I think you're stupid for doing it. I think they could have turned us around and made a win out of it. Instead, they've created a loss. And that's exactly what Black Lives Matter is doing for something that, yes, black lives should matter, and I do believe they do, just like everyone else's lives matter. And when you take things to such an extreme, like getting rid of pancake syrup that nobody and their mother thought was racist in any way, is just too much. Some listening to me might say, well, you know, easy for you to say because you're, you're Puerto Rican and you're not black. You don't know what it's like to have to have syrup and see such a symbol of bigotry on a bottle of syrup. That is a fact. You're right. I don't know what that's like. I really don't. But I got to tell you, I don't think I would get triggered, quote unquote, triggered and feel less than or othered because of a syrup that tastes good on pancakes. Knowing full well that if I want to get into the syrup business, I can because this is America. And thank God I have a chance to do that. Thank God we have capitalism. Thank God we have free markets, liberty, where I can choose to do those things that make a difference in my life, in my customers' lives, in my family's lives. Whether it's syrup, podcasting, talk radio, or anything else. And I guess that's why I can't wrap my head around it. But again, if you've got a thought on that, let me know. At Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter and all of the other social media. And keep it locked right there when we come back. My final thoughts on a few different things and a very frank conversation I had with someone I wasn't expecting to have it with. All of the details on that and more. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, welcome back. Before we get out of here, I want to get into a quick conversation I had on the couch with my 14-year-old daughter. We were talking about different videos that she's been seeing on Snapchat and Instagram and basically where a 14-year-old is informed about the news and how... There was a guy that was killed for falling asleep at Wendy's. That's how the story got framed by the time it reached her about Trayvon Martin, who was shot to death for buying Skittles. And I took a moment to go through these stories with her and explain that there are so many facts. There's gaping holes in these stories and showing her some of the video. And when she looked at the video of Rayshard Brooks going from being very calm, having a conversation with the two officers then getting into a fight with them, and for a couple of seconds, winning the fight with them, grabbing the officer's weapon, firing it at him while he was running away. Her jaw hit the floor. She was shocked when she saw the video and saw the facts and how he wasn't killed for being 
asleep at Wendy's or for sleeping it off in the drive-thru. Now, I'm not saying anybody should die for getting drunk and falling asleep at a drive-thru. Hell no. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that the media, or better said, certain activist members of the media, which by and large is the majority of them masquerading as objective journalists, has done an excellent job of lying to so many Americans about the facts of this case and so many other cases. I don't believe that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd because he was black, but I can't prove that. And I'm open to listen to arguments in the affirmative of that position. I do think the evidence is incredibly conclusive from the video that this man fired the taser at the cop and the cop returned fire. And I think that was entirely appropriate. That's just not something you can do. We cannot have a constabulary, a police force, if people are going to attack the cops and be allowed to get away with it. If one of those prongs hits you in your jugular, somewhere closer to the top of your head, hits your brain, triggers a seizure, Lord knows what could happen. Now, again, I don't like to play the what if game, but you've got a bad guy pointing the taser at you. It's not a toy. It's considered to be non-lethal force if used as directed. If not used as directed, it can potentially be lethal. What do you do? And moreover, you've probably heard this from some of the TV cops on the different shows discussing their opinions. What if in that moment where you're shivering from the electric shock running through your body or prolonged moments because he may continue to refire, pulling that trigger on that taser over and over, giving him ample time to get to your weapon. It was, after all, in your hand. And your partner was there and it could become a standoff. I mean, so many things could happen. I replay that video in my head. I think to myself, if I were in that officer's shoes, would I just allow myself to potentially be killed or subdued by the bad guy? Hell no. And I don't think you would either. As I was walking into the garden here, like I said, we're 17 floors above Madison Square Garden at the world famous WABC radio right here in New York City. And I'm walking in through the back door and I see a couple of the guys that work for the garden out there and some of the security and other people working in the area and they're talking. And I hear the one guy tell him, the other guy, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would have done the same damn thing. So I, I'm not trying to get killed. And they were talking about this case. And I think that's the reality. And mind you, to describe the group, two black guys and a Spanish guy, or I should say a Hispanic guy, a Latino, looked to be Puerto Rican, but I could be wrong. It doesn't matter what race or color you are. I'm just adding that in for descriptive purpose. Bottom line is, people expect the police to be professional and people expect the police to be effective. Otherwise, nobody would call them. Nobody would say, call the cops. They only call the cops because they think the cops are effective. That and the fact that in New York, everybody's disarmed. And when you have the disarmed populace, you have to pay tax to have armed citizens that work for the government to come protect you, the police. That's a whole different topic for another day. Bottom line here is, when your life is on the line, you're going to do what you have to do to survive. And that's what this officer did. I think he was right in doing it. I don't say that from a moral place. I say that from a practical and legal place. That is how it works. 
When you're trained in the use of force, you escalate the force. They punch you, you kick them, and you hit them with a stick. You always escalate the force when you return. It's, not a, it's a measured response, but it's not an equal response. Your intention is to win. Unfortunately, in this situation, the officer won by keeping his life, and Mr. Brooks lost by dying and acting like an idiot with those cops. And it's unfortunate, and I feel bad. I feel bad that somebody did something so stupid that cost them their lives. But that's the real deal. That's all I got for today. Hasta la próxima, America. I will leave you with my admonitions from Hamilton that if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. So make sure you stand for something, read something, know something. And the wise words of Sir Edmund Burke, who informed the founding of our country. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. Just sit there and watch it all go to hell. If that's not you, then get up and do something because your country needs you right now. Don't sit there and do nothing. Get up and do something. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 